Daniel chapter number 6, like Brother Ken said, I am not the pastor, he's fishing, <laughs> but I'd rather be here. I'm here. I'm glad to be here in God's house this morning and be able to preach God's word. Y'all pray for me this morning. I'm used to preaching to the young people, so some of our church folks have heard me say before, if I refer to you while I'm preaching as young person, then just take that as a compliment. Don't don't get offended by that. Um, <laughs> so Daniel chapter number 6. Let's start reading uh, here in verse number 1. Verse number 1 of Daniel chapter number 6. The Bible says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom, and over these three presidents, of who Daniel was first that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault, for as much as he was faithful. Neither was there any error or fault found in him, Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree... Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Let's pray together this morning. Father, Lord, I can't do this without you this morning. Uh, You know me and I know me and, and Lord, if I stand up here and try to preach out of my own strength, it'll fall flat. But, Lord, I, I, I ask you this morning, Lord, that the Holy Spirit uh, work through me, Lord, and open hearts in this place this morning. Lord, grab hold of us this morning. Draw us near to you, Father. Let us look at our own life and consider where we are before you, Lord, whether there's some in here that may be lost this morning that needs salvation. Maybe there's a Christian that has uh, backslid and, and walked out on you that needs to come back. Maybe there's uh, hopefully many in here, Father, that have lived faithfully that we can continue to encourage them. But God, I know every single one of us in here this morning, we need you, Lord. And God, I pray that you will help us this morning as we preach. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may be seated. As I read through this passage, um, I, I've always been encouraged by reading um, reading after Daniel. He's always encouraged me. And uh, in my own life, I, I, I've looked to him many a times to try to uh, see ways in which I could gain strength and, and move forward to serve him. And what I really want us to look at this morning is focused on that 10th verse there, on on what Daniel did when he was faced with some of these uh, adversities. Um, And the big thing I guess I'm looking at is when it says that he opened his chamber toward Jerusalem. And my thought this morning is, is, uh, are are our eyes on God the way that Daniel's eyes was on God? 
Now, Daniel had been uh, Daniel had been taken uh, captive. You read back in Daniel chapter number one, and he would regularly open the windows toward Jerusalem. His eyes were focused on God and the things of God and serving the true and living God. And as Christians, that's what we ought to be. But I have to admit, a lot of times I'm very discouraged, sometimes in myself and uh, frequently whenever I interact with other Christian people. I think when we look at, at, um, at our society, when we look at our culture, when we look at, um, at our country and, and really uh, the western part of the world, we see, we see so much comfort in, uh, in our life that the, uh, the average Christian is not uh, many times forced to live by faith and therefore chooses not to. Um, they choose to create their own comforts, to rely on themselves, and in doing so, they don't necessarily leave the love of God and leave, uh, leave their relationship with the Lord, but they box it in as a part of their life, not solely as their life. Um, I remember I used to I used to work at a uh, corporate office. I don't do corporate work now. I'm not built, I'm not made for corporate work. Um, but I remember they had a poster there, um, and the poster had four uh, four sections in it, and and one was career, one was family or relationships, um, one was health, and then the other one was spirituality. And this was the uh, the secular modern way of looking at things of all of these four things ought to be important in your life. Um, but when I read God's word, I see that all of those other things, the health and the family and the career and these, other, those fall into place when I just make that box say spirituality or Jesus Christ and focus on him. That's where my mind ought to be. It, not, it ought not be on these other things. And so frequently I see uh, amongst my own peers a pursuit of something that maybe they'll grab at some point in their life, um, but it, it is it is meaningless uh, when it all comes uh, comes to an end. Here, there there will come a time in which each of us will will die. We'll will draw our, unless the Lord comes back. All of us are going to face death. We're going to draw our last breath. Our heart's going to beat its last beat. And all of these pursuits of career, pursuits of money, pursuits of comfort, pursuits of retirement. These things do not matter in comparison to eternity. So what we need to do as Christians is we need to wake up and we need to get the word of God and we need to pay attention to God's will of our life and we need to walk on that road living for him. And so I want to look at just a handful of things uh, about Daniel this morning. I want us to strive to have our eyes on the Lord each and every single day. The first thing I want to look at here um, is the, the person that Daniel was, his, his character that he had. Look with me again at verse number four. It says, the presidents and the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. One of the first things that I see here is that he conducted himself in a holy manner to have gained this type of status known amongst the people. Now, I do not mean uh, uh, that he lived religiously. I have people in my own circle through work and other areas of my life that will sometimes refer to me as the religious guy um, because they're lost. They don't know any better. Uh, and what I mean is, I can put a suit on, I can go through the church doors, I can bring my King James Bible here into the church, but that alone is not any, that alone is not what's making me a good biblical Christian serving God. And 
And we accept this as Christians, and we nod our head in, in agreement. But a lot of times, that's the life that many Christians coming into the church are living. Let me challenge you in love this morning. How frequently are you thinking about the things of God throughout the day? How frequently are you looking for a lost person to share the gospel with? How frequently are you picking up God's word and reading it and praying that God speak to you and and show you things and grow you in the Lord? Uh, How frequently are you going to God and praying and, and asking him to strengthen you and forgive you and to work in the lives of your other brothers and sisters and those that are lost in your life? How frequently are we really taking our mind back on the things of God and thinking about him? Or are we thinking about these temporal things that do not really matter? I have to admit, uh, over the last couple of years, um, God has really grabbed hold of my heart and has really um, done things to grow me. And and there's a lot of areas that I, I still need to grow in. Um, but, you know, with this whole uh, COVID thing that happened, regardless of your opinion, I've got mine and I'm not going to talk about all that. But it made me in my life really have to evaluate what is important to me as a Christian and, and what what matters in this life. And the reality is I could walk out this door today and die. I mean, I could get killed in a car wreck and it's over with. And everything I've done in my career leading up to this point, it doesn't matter. And everything that I've tried to do to try to get my own gain as far as material things, those things don't matter. But what does matter is how many have I tried to share the gospel with? How how good of an effort have I given to try to raise my children to know the true and living God? Those are the things that really matter. So when people look at our life, when people look at your life, are they seeing you conduct yourself in a, I won't say religious manner, but a biblical manner? Are you living in a way that is biblical according to the word of God? I'll tell you this, it's hard to live a biblical life if you don't know what it says. You got to read your Bible. You got to grow in the Lord. It's hard to live for the Lord if you're not sure what God has to say. So we see here that Daniel, he conducted himself in a, in a holy manner, but also we see in verse number 10, that he was committed to God's will. It says, Daniel knew that the writing was signed and he went to his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Uh, God, Daniel was committed to what God's purpose was in his life. Brother Ken kind of said a little bit about this with the missionary that had talked about staying there in China. Uh, I hope that I would, uh, it would be by God's grace that I would be able to do something. I mean, all of us, we, that is a terrifying thing to, to imagine being in. Um, but yet, it really will change your outlook when you, when you get a real understanding of, of what it means to live daily for the Lord. To really understand that our past and our guilt and our shame is that's behind yesterday. All that's gone. You can't change any of that. I mean, it's all gone. And as far as tomorrow goes, you don't even know that it's going to get here. All you got is right now. Where do you stand before the Lord right now? If you're lost and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, but God's been dealing with you, you ought to get saved right now because you got right now. If you've gone away from the Lord and you haven't been living right and you've been letting sin into your life, God will still forgive you right now. Don't say, I'll do it tomorrow. You may not have tomorrow. Give everything you have in this moment for the Lord. Be committed to God uh, to God and his will for your life. 
you know, it's a, I remember when I first got into, um, into ministry, um, it terrified me. I mean, it, it, I still get very nervous. I was sharing this, Brother Zach. I get nervous every time I get ready to get up and preach because I know me. I know my own faults and failures, and I'm not worthy of being up here. Uh, but it's what God has chosen to do in my life. And I remember the first time uh, anybody asked me to do anything, um, I was at Valley View Baptist Church, and my wife and I had just joined. It was just starting to get serious about living for the Lord, and somebody asked me to share my testimony in front of the teenagers. And the thought of speaking for five minutes in front of somebody absolutely terrified me. I mean, I got a C in public speaking uh, at the University of Tennessee. I didn't do too hot. Um, But uh, it wasn't about me having a skill or having an ability. It was about what is God's will for my life. And it was about obedience and just following after the Lord and letting God open doors in my life and letting God close doors in my life. And I have to be willing to accept in my own life, God, if I fall on my face, I just need to trust you in it. If you help me to succeed, I need to trust you in it. It's not about trying to perform some, uh, uh, get to some religious uh, point in your life in which you look like a good Christian. But what my heart's desire for you this morning is to be a good Christian, is to really serve the Lord as you ought to and commit yourself, as Daniel did here, to God's will. But also what we see here is that he separated himself from the culture that he was living in. He faced himself toward Jerusalem. Even though he had been taken uh, into Babylon captivity, uh, you can read back in Daniel chapter number one, uh, here he was looking back toward Jerusalem as his fathers before him, focusing on God, not letting what was going on around him dictate the type of life that he was going to live. And one of the big issues that we have now in our uh, in our churches um, is... is uh, they are trying to make church based off of what culture tells them uh, an appealing church would be. And the result of that is you've got all different types of false doctrine that go through many different avenues that cause many different people to become confused. And ultimately, many people die and go to hell because of it. And, and that's why God hates that. Uh, but what can we what can we do um, as far as dealing with the culture going on around us? Uh, well, really, you just pay no mind to it and you follow God. Uh, you know, I, I have kind of quit reading the news um, because, I mean, uh, you know, I used to read it all the time. I, I was that guy that was always reading, you know, and I was getting fired up about this or that. But, you know, maybe it should, some of you older folks probably just look at me like, well, you're young and didn't know any better. But I, I got, I have no faith in any, it doesn't matter what political side you stand on, I have no faith in anyone but Jesus Christ. And I will live for him and I will follow after him. does not matter what happens in this country or in this world around us, we need to set our eyes on him. Now, I think that we need to be prepared in our heart, and, and I pray this doesn't happen, um, but we can, we can all admit and acknowledge, whether you read the news or not, that things are in a very downward spiral going on in our culture and in our nation. Um, and what we need more than anything is strong Christians. As a matter of fact, I would even, you might disagree with me, and that's okay. I even think we're in the position that we're in now because we haven't had as strong a Christians as we, as we should have. We've got too many Christian folks that have stopped, uh, making Jesus Christ the focus of their life, and instead they have began to search after these comforts that I talked about earlier. But if we become faced with these things, I mean, we need to really ask ourselves, Am I, am I willing to go to jail for the Lord? Am I willing to lose my life? Many, many, many have before us. Do you know that? We, we read it in books, 
but we pass it over. I was telling the Sunday school class this this morning. A lot of times I'll read something, be it in the Word of God itself, or maybe I'll read something, a separate book about martyrs or something like that. And it's easy to just read the book. And, you know, they loved the Lord and they were committed to God and they got put in jail and, and then they got burned at the stake. And we read over it and then we, you know, take another sip of sweet tea and go on our, about our day. But that was a real person with real fears and real feelings that had to deal with a real matter in their life about really being committed to God. And we need to be just as committed to the Lord. We need to be just as willing uh, that if something were to happen that one day that some, they came in and brother... I'm kind of getting off here, but if they come in here, Brother Toby gets hauled off, that one of the rest of us men stand up here and preach until one of us get hauled off and just continue. We need to stand up for the Lord regardless of what culture says to whatever that end may be. So we see the character of Daniel, and it ought to be reflective in our own life. But then also we see that Daniel, he communed with the Lord. Uh, in verse 10 again, we see that his communion with the Lord was a public thing. Um, it says that he went to his house and his windows being open. They also knew that they could catch him here. This wasn't anything that was secretive that Daniel did. We should not as Christians live uh, openly and outwardly for the sake of it. Um, but people, ought, uh, they ought to know that about us, that we are Christians. Um, we should not live as a Christian on Sunday morning and then not live as a Christian on Monday morning. Uh, it, it really, we're getting out, we're getting out of line whenever we're, we're, uh, trying to treat God as just a part of our life. I mean, let's be real here. When you read the Bible, it is very clear a Christian that's going to live biblically is going to have to be in whole hog for the Lord. There, there is no just having God as part of your life, you know, but it is fully having the Lord as the number one in your life each and every single day. And, and the way in which we live, it ought to be a public thing. There's some benefits to this. One of the biggest benefits to this is when, when you're living biblically, those that are in need, those that are lost, those that are suffering, they'll come to you. They'll look to you as a light. They'll see Christ in you. And what a wonderful opportunity. I don't know about you. I love sharing the gospel with people. I love being able to encourage those that are discouraged in the Lord. I love being able to do that. It's one of the great benefits of, of not trying to uh, hold back our faith, but to be open and public about it. It's kind of like Brother Ken was saying. I can't help it. I get excited about it. I mean, there has been, don't tell my boss, many hours that I have spent <laughs> instead of working talking about the Lord but because God has opened doors, um, you know, so uh, it's a wonderful thing for us to be public about our faith. But uh, also we look at Daniel, we see that his uh, his prayer life, his communion with the Lord, it was something that he did on purpose. It wasn't something that he did accidentally. Again, there in verse number 10, it says that um, as he did aforetime there at the end, this was something that Daniel had uh, was known for doing and he did it uh, multiple times and it was something that he planned for. You know, one of the biggest reasons that uh, I might go a little while without reading my Bible because I didn't plan to sit down and read my Bible. It's because I let other things get in the way of me reading my Bible. And that may come as a shock to you that this preacher sometimes misses a day of reading his Bible, but uh, I'm human and uh, sometimes I fail there. But it has to be intentional. Nobody's going to live for God on accident. It has to be something that every single day you're waking up and saying, God, uh, thank you for giving me the ability and the health today. Uh, thank you for giving me another morning that I can wake up, for having me clear-minded. Lord, use me today. There's all kinds of things, God, that I'm stressed about with work, that I'm stressed about financially. Lord, you deal with those things, and you just use me for your glory today, Father. Just, just use me for you. We have to intentionally serve the Lord. 
Anybody that's going to be at the lock-in will be there intentionally, not on accident. So I need workers, so be there intentionally. Uh, but, but we serve we serve God on purpose. And I, and I want you to really ask yourself, what are you doing for the Lord lately? Um, if, if the extent of your Christian life is coming in here on Sunday mornings and getting preached to, you're missing a lot. You're, you're missing a lot of blessings. You're, miss, you're missing a lot of peace and comfort. Don't go through the week stressed out about stuff and then come in here to get rejuvenated Sunday morning. Live in peace all week. Live right there close to the Lord, near to Him all, all week long, and take no fear about the things going on in your life. And be intentional about your faith. But that also we see here that his, his uh, communion with the Lord, it was something that was frequent. It says that it was three times a day. Um, you know, the Bible tells us that we ought to pray without ceasing. And I remember when I was young, I would think, man, that sounds like it's not even possible, you know, praying without ceasing. And as I've gotten older, I don't want to not spend time with God. I, every moment that my, that, that my mind goes back to him, which I, I, I try to make more and more frequent, I desire that time with him. Uh, when I look around and see the things going on in the world, I see sickness, I see sin, I see death, I see heartache, and I see tragedy. And when I look at him, I see peace. I see co- being content. I see happiness. I see no need of worry when I look at him. That's where I, that is where I want to be, and I want to be there frequently. How, how frequently are you spending time with the Lord? How frequently are you making a point to read your Bible and to pray? I tell our young people all the time, listen, it's, it, it, you know, the reason we do youth events is to have a good time and, and to, you know, be able to fellowship. It's ultimately to preach the word of God. Um, but I, I tell them that they will struggle growing as Christians if they don't understand the, the fundamental importance of Bible study and praying. And I understand y'all might say, well, Brother Kerry, we're, we're grown-ups here. We know that. I think a lot of Christians don't study their Bible and don't pray. Uh, and I think that's what's led us to where we are, as I alluded to a little bit earlier. I think we need to frequently get with God. I, I, imagine how it would just change our life if we just just dug in and said, God, I don't. this life is going to be just a blip on the radar. And then it's a, I mean, we're in eternity, but it, it's just going to be over with, just like that, done with. But yet, how how much time are we spending to worrying? I think I heard something the other day that says the average person spends four hours a day worrying about something in their thoughts. I mean, I, I'm in that sometimes. I admit, I, I fail with those things as well. But what if instead of that time we spend it focused on Jesus Christ, praying and talking to him? So Daniel frequently got with God as we ought to get with the Lord. But then also we see that Daniel, he remained courageous in there. In, in this. If you're familiar with the story, as most of us are, uh, look down with me in verse number 16. We'll read a little bit. Um, it says, then the, uh, then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel, and they cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth uh, of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet, and with the signet of his lords, so that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. So, um, to catch you up here, Daniel didn't change anything, even though it became a law. Um, he continued to serve God. He got uh, he got caught as the uh, conspiracy was, and then he was going to get punished because that law could not be changed. Uh, Darius, at this point, had kind of known that he had been fooled 
um, and and did not desire for Daniel to die. But what what I see with this with Daniel is when you know in in verse number ten when Daniel got down and he prayed, he knew that this could happen. As a matter of fact, he knew it was going to happen if he continued to do it. But he he remained courageous uh, during this time of persecution and understanding just how brief that our life is you know the bible tells us in the book of james it's like a vapor that appears for a moment and and then it vanishes and um i believe it's in uh, psalms i believe it's 103 tells us that um you know that just like the the flowers of the field are here and then and then they're gone and the wind blows over them and they're not even thought of anymore um and and life is so short even if we come to a point in which we are um persecuted um, we ought to still be devoted until the very end, until the very end. What's it mean when, it's, when we're told to not take any thought of our life? It means your livelihood, your well-being. What you, I mean, really, your life, being willing to just lay it down. If it, if it becomes, if it becomes illegal to serve God, and the punishment is death, then you ought to serve God and follow Him unto the death. That's what that you understand. That's what I'm really trying to get us all to grab hold of here. As when you live as a Christian, according to what the Bible teaches, you got to be all in. That's what the Bible teaches us. We also see that he was persistent uh, in that he was in there. Uh, Daniel, he was there through the night. I don't know what it was like for Daniel. I would imagine that his flesh was fearful, um, and I would imagine that his spirit was hopeful. Um, he knew he served a living God. He knew what God was capable of doing, and he had seen God work before. Um, but I believe he also trusted God's will. Um, and uh, another thing that I'll just say briefly is we should tr- we should trust the Lord even at times that we're not understanding what's going on in our life. If some of you are at the point that you just seem like you're fed up and that you're about to walk out, don't get fed up and don't walk out. Just keep trusting the Lord. Just keep following after him. He may not show you everything that's going on, but you trust him and you're not going to go wrong. I had a uh, something happen this week with me. A few years back, I had a friend that took a pastoring job down in Alabama, and he had asked me to come down and work for him. Um, I don't know what was wrong with him um, to ask him. But uh, he and Rachel and I, we prayed about it because it was a door there, and God had presented that, and we prayed, and, and God closed that door, um, which bothered Rachel because it was seven minutes from the beach. Uh, but either way. Um, well, I found out this last week, the position that he had asked me to come, he had to lay everybody off because of what his state required with COVID. He wasn't able to do that. And and come in full circle, I'm able to see now why God didn't ever give us peace about doing that, about leaving and, and, and doing that. And and we need to just trust God through the hard times, whether you know whether it makes sense to us or not, and follow after him, be persistent, be committed, understanding Here's my other point is is that God is the one that's in control. He's the one that has the power. Um, in in uh, Sunday school this morning, we were talking about uh, uh, when the midwives were ordered uh, by the king of Egypt to kill all of the men child as the Hebrews began to grow. Um, and the midwives, just they, they just decided they weren't going to because they feared God. They just trusted God. And they trusted his power, and he blessed them because of it. And, and we, ought to, we ought to recognize that we don't serve a God, but we serve the true and living God, uh, the one that hung the stars in the sky, that created the sun and the moon. Um, that's the God that we serve. Um, and then lastly, we see here that uh, the way Daniel lived, it affected the king. Um, the king, he saw that. He saw that Daniel served the living God, a real God. Uh, verse number 25, it says, Then the king Darius wrote unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, 
Peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever and his kingdom that uh, that which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall be even unto the end. When we live, the devil's going to tell you when you live for the Lord um, that you're going to live on an island by yourself. Um, that you're going to constantly struggle uh, and that you'll be depressed. And if you're a young person, you're not going to get to involve yourself in the fun of the world. Um, but the reality is that when we devote ourselves and give ourselves over to God and his will for our life, God uses our life and we see the powerful hand of God working in our life and the lives of other people. It's very, very fulfilling to see God work in our life. Um, to be able to see lost people. That, I remember one time at camp, uh, there was a young teenage boy that he had to go home early. I'd been, everybody had been trying to minister to him, but he had something family going on, had to go home. And I thought, we got an hour. I had to drive to Maryville from Big Ridge. So I thought, I got this kid for like an hour and 20 minutes. I'm, he's going to get the gospel one more time. And, uh, but he told me very clearly, and I, and I appreciated his honesty. He said, I don't, he said, I don't, uh, I don't think God can save me. Um, and he shared some sins that he had done. And, uh, and I, I told him, you know, well, let me, let me tell you about some of these other people in the Bible, um, that have greatly sinned. Um, yet God dearly loved them. God forgave them. And that we, uh, we pulled over and that boy got saved, uh, that night. It's a wonderful thing to see. It's so fulfilling more than the, more than this world can offer through, through money, through material things to see someone lost come to know our savior. And to, and to serve him. And then lastly, uh, we see in verse number uh, 27, it says, He delivereth and rescueth and worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in the earth, who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. We serve a God that delivers. That delivers from sin. And, you know, I heard, uh, I heard someone say, it was an old preacher, I don't even remember his name that I was listening to, but he said a lot of times we get so focused on the fact that we've been saved from hell that we don't focus on the fact that we've been saved to live for God. That we, you know, it's not just about getting out of hell, but it's about living for the Lord and serving Him. That's what we're saved to, being given over to Him. And so I, I ask you in closing this morning, I want you to look at your own life. If you're lost this morning, meaning if you've never been uh, forgiven of your sin, if you've never looked at Jesus Christ as your Savior, Savior and placed your faith in Him, then you ought to get saved this morning. You ought to place your faith in him. God will save you just like that. Doesn't matter how bad you've been. Doesn't matter. It doesn't, you don't have to get good before you come to God. You just come to the Lord and he'll fix you. He'll take care of all that. If you've never been saved this morning, it's an opportunity for you to be saved. But those many of you that are born again this morning, what have you been doing for God here lately? Or, uh, have you just been coming in and sitting in and hearing the preacher preach to you? Or have you been pursuing to learn more and to grow for the Lord? It's a wonderful place to be, to live right in the center of God's will. Is that where you are this morning? Let's bow our heads and we'll pray as the piano player comes up to begin. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the work that you've done in my life. Uh, Lord, I, I, even though, Lord, you saved me at a young age, I, I, I have seen glimpses of what I would have been without you, Father, and God, I'm just so grateful to be saved. And uh, Lord, I, I pray that this morning that you will continue to work in the hearts of your people, show them and press upon their heart areas that they need to work on in their life. Draw us closer to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.